Episode 313, The Rant, Brittany Torian, elite flag football player, a true ambassador in the game we both love. Flag football has my heart, and it has Brittany's too. In this pod, we discuss her early life in San Diego, California, her pursuits in figure skating and the tenacity in which she practiced and performed, and her fortuitous encounter with flag football, which led her to travel across the country and proliferate the sport to bring it to global dominance. All that and more, my conversation with Brittany, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co-editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co-editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for The Irrefutable Magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com slash sponsors for more information. We are the irrefutable. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest via Bluetooth. Are you in San Diego right now? Correct. Yes, I'm in San Diego. All right. Awesome. Okay. So I have a flag football uh, player who uh, plays on the national stage, the Women's Flag Football Network, uh, San Diego Blitz, the She Unit football team. TNT co-ed flag football. As you can see, there's a, a lot of flag football going on over here. And also plays yeah. for the Bay Area Fire um, for the Women's Flag Football Network National League. This is Brittany Torian. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Staying up for me. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm always, see, we rescheduled this, truth be told, let everyone know. We scheduled this for yesterday and we were trying to do it. I was like, yeah, I'll do it at... 10 p.m. And then I guess you you started thinking like, that's kind of late for you. And I was like, all right, yeah, yes. you're right. That is late. But I'm always up. I'm always doing this. So, but um, I'm happy to connect with you. I'm happy to connect with anyone that loves flag football the way I do. So nonetheless, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so I guess you just found out from Referee Rant um, just on Instagram, I'm assuming. Yes. Um, I saw you had done a podcast with Hoosh. Was yes. Recently. Um, then that's how I kind of got into your, uh, social media. Yeah, I appreciate it. So when, when I was looking at your pictures, I was like, man, I wish there was like a role model out here to show like for young ladies and young athletes, um, how fulfilling this game is because I, I feel like it's not as equal over here in, in New York. Like I mentioned to you off air, they play, they play it as a high school sport for girls. Um, but on the boys side, it's just only like kind of recreational. So I, I feel like it's uneven. And then I think about like a game like basketball that I referee, it's like all over the place and you can play like official games, you can play rec games, you can play adult league games, you can play pro-am games. So there's different variations of that. But 
know, mm-hmm. I, I did want to ask you, um, you know, it's been a trying time, you know, especially like in the beginning of the coronavirus, I'd say. So for about a year, mm-hmm. New York and California have kind of been very similar because I know in the beginning, our governor and your governor were like the first to like really shut things down. And it didn't right. seem like it was like a, like, like a, any time that it was going to like ever end. But, you know, I, I wanted to ask you for this whole time, um, how are you holding up during the coronavirus? How's your family? And, you know, going back to those times in March, about a year ago, when do you think mm-hmm. was the moment that you took all of this like real serious, like, oh, I'm going to be out of commission for a while? Oh, man. It, it was weird, right, in the beginning because everyone's trying to figure out what really is going on. For myself personally, I don't think I took it as serious as until um, – I. so I work in rewinding, going back. I work in physical therapy, home mm-hmm. health, and I wasn't really thinking it was going to affect myself because everyone needs physical therapy, right? Right. So – I'm still considered as a healthcare worker. That wasn't getting really shut down at first. But in my uh, discipline or in my field of home health, I travel to people's homes for their physical therapy. And we started getting less and less referrals. And patients were canceling. And I literally didn't have work. So I was like, oh, crap. Like, this is actually thing and I don't for myself personally I don't want to speak for everyone that's in healthcare I'm used to you know washing my hands before I see patients mm. we're, we're always like taught you know like all these what I feel like is common sense and now it's like being you know echoed throughout the nation like oh you need to wash your hands right okay that's common sense right and cover your mouth if you cough or sneeze and yeah, I think that's when I really was like, oh, wow, like, this is actually going to affect my career. And things were just, like, shutting down one after the other. A tournament's canceled. A league is canceled. And, yeah. But my, my family, actually, they were in the Philippines. Mm. So my parents, literally right before everything shut down, um, flew to the Philippines because um, they just retired. So now they're building up, you know, their dream home in the mm-hmm. Philippines now. And my brother met them there just, you know, to visit them while they're out there. And they were stuck. They couldn't come back when they want, when they had planned to. My parents were going to stay there for however long they wanted to. They're retired. They don't really have, you know, too much mm-hmm. going on. Um, but my brother and his wife were out there, I think, maybe three or four weeks longer than they had planned to. And they actually had to keep writing the embassy to fly back because now, like, you know, their bills are piling up. They can't, you know, yeah. they're not working out mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, it was kind of a stressful situation. Yeah. For my work and then their work too. So that's so funny that Filipinos are like that, right? They they come to America so they can work so hard to just go back, right? right. <laughs> it makes no yes. sense. <laughs> I know, and I'm like, they, my parents are so funny. I, I love them so much. We FaceTime like pretty much every other day, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, look at this new thing in the house." I'm like, "You're coming back, right?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes no sense. They're actually, 
they're coming back next week. They've been there this whole time. <laughs> so I, I want to go back to the, those times like March, April. Um, they even took mm-hmm. the rims down for basketball courts here. So everyone was like bugging out because like that's like a real staple in New York City. Um, in terms oh, of, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. In terms of flag football, um, I, I know a lot of the permits got canceled and I wasn't able right. to ref until like maybe like July. And, you know, I think my life wasn't really about refing at that time. And mm-hmm. it was sad because that's that's been my like normal day for like 10 years. So like for them to just mm-hmm. take that out, um, you know, I, I wanted to set the scene, at least in San Diego, I say for around June, right around a Memorial Day in New York, people were like, you know what, F this, we're just going to. To try to figure this out and you know it's different than 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 california where it's like you know we we really go through the cold like even this month it was oh, snowing yeah. like three times so like we were locked in but as mm-hmm. it got as it got warm we were like all right well we can hang out and then you know slowly but surely yeah. flag football started opening up was it like that very mm-hmm. similar in the summer where you were like uh, maybe like uh, around june or july is when everything started opening up for for at least flag football um trying to think of what was happening around then because I remember we were before everything shut down we were practicing for a tournament that was going to be in April and everything shut down so Mm -hmm. we probably like were inside for a month a good month like everything was pretty strict you know they had the what is that called quarantine curfew like for Mm -hmm. people who um, had to go out to work or whatever and then we were all kind of just like, F it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. Like, uh-huh. I, um, I mean, they closed down the beaches out here. Yeah. yeah. And no Coronado. Yeah. So I love Coronado. Technic- <laughs> all the beaches here are really awesome. Yeah. But um, they, were, they were having security at the beaches. And I'm like, it's outside. And, like, and I think they had, like, um, they were restricting people from surfing. Mm. Even though, like, you know, you're, you surf by yourself. You're not really next to anybody, you know, safely surfing. And there was, like, a big protest with the people who were pretty much, like, you know, your everyday beachgoers trying to get there and, like, surf. Like, they aren't, they're doing the six feet apart thing and especially in the water. I, they had, like, no reason, mm. really, to, like, tell us that, you know, you can't be in the water surfing. I personally don't do that. I'm just an example. <laughs> People out here are just like, okay, like we can go to the park. I think a lot of the trails were like closed. So then people kind of went around it kind of thing. So Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, we um, have we we had a very similar situation at the beach. So I'm I'm a big beach goer too, and obviously not as long. From June to September I'm there like every day. And um they awesome. they had a super spreader event at Long Beach, which is like uh-huh. Uh, my beach that I go to and mm-hmm. only only people that had like passes that were residents could go. So it turned out to be great because no one was there for like the whole summer, which normally oh. it's like super crowded. So, I mean, it worked out for right. my favor. <laughs> I don't think it'll ever be like that. Um, what is it like now? The, go ahead. The day it like opened like officially back, it was the most crowded place ever. And I, I was like, it. nope. I already already know, like in my head, like the beach is open, like they announced it, like officially. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to the beach for a good while because everyone's going to go now, and it's not going to be like you're, you know, six feet apart because right. everybody's going to be there. Yeah. 
Um, as far as flag football, though, like all our like rec leagues and the like leagues that were going on are like they all pretty much officially canceled. I know there are a couple like league directors that were kind of doing underground stuff, mm-hmm. quote unquote, like still had their league going, but they didn't have the the permit. They were just kind of there, and like the referees don't really have like their official ref like shirts, so it doesn't look like anything official. It looks like everyone's kind of just hanging out. But there are a few times, like sometimes I went up to oh, Orange County or LA County. Or like just to watch some flag football, like guys kind of like organize their own tournaments, like small tournaments. And the police would come and like check it out, leave. They're, they're not like bothered by what we were doing. But then the park rangers would come and like tell everybody to leave because someone else complained. And I'm like, wait, the cops were cool, but the park rangers are like more strict. I, I was just like, I was so confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every everything is just like completely weird now. But, you know, during this whole time, you had a year now to reflect, self-reflect. It affected your job. It affected flag, flag football um, and just so many different things, just our way of life. Um, I, I think at this point in time, uh, people realize that coronavirus isn't going to go anywhere. And we just have to get to the point where we can coexist with the disease. But um, after this whole time of a year, what do you think you learned about yourself? that I really need flag football. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I went from playing flag football pretty much every other day, or at least like, you know, going out, running around with somebody or, you know, going, catching the ball or whatever. So like nothing. And then I was like, I feel like a mess. Like, I don't know what to do with myself. Luckily, my team, um, SC Bliss and She Unit were, able to get together and travel outside of state to do some tournaments in like Texas, Florida, Arizona, and Nevada because they were kind of open. Um, But in San Diego, I was like, dude, like I'm gaining weight now because I'm used to playing flag football all the time. Um, I really had to kind of talk to myself to like, you know, motivate myself to go run outside and not run for a ball because I hate running, but have to exercise somehow. And I just realized, you know, like flag football is pretty much my outlet for everything. Um, stress, exercise, you know, getting my mind off stuff. But yeah, that was like one of the main things and just self-motivation, you know, like, okay, like my job wasn't, you know, going where I usually had the amount of so I literally have to get on my resume, you mm. know, like apply for another agency and things like that. I was like, I really have to get my together for yeah. a better way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, if anything, I'd be I'd be sad about the beach if I were you. That's uh, how I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> um, they didn't bother you if you weren't you were there for like an hour, and I was I usually go work out there sometimes too like by myself yeah which is like another change of scenery and as long as you weren't like with a big group as when it was kind of stricter Mm -hmm. like they didn't bother you as much as i thought they were interesting interesting 
Well, good, good, because I think I've asked that question a hundred times and then most people go like, um, I learned patience and then I realized that so there's so many people that are just impatient <laughs> and um, huh. that that is not no, the with, recipe to, with, to get through this. No, with my job already, with, like the people that I've worked with, I already, I feel like I have so much patience in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. Obviously, you know, you, you mentioned that flag football is your outlet. It's your passion. And, you know, I, I can really uh-huh. attribute to that because, you know, as a former basketball player um, and somebody that's played sports all the time, flag football to me as I got older was like, wow, I wish I knew about this game when I was a kid. Right. But, you know, yes. I want to I want to really tap into that passion that you have for not necessarily flag football, but just your passion and love of sports. So having said that, where did you grow up? What did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school, high school and in college? Oh, man. So, I mean, I grew up born and raised in San Diego. I was, my mom put me in every dance possible. I did hula, ballet, tap, jazz, like everything you can think of for dance. And then I actually used to be a very competitive figure skater. And that was my first love, pretty much. I did that from elementary school all the way to high school. Mm. I didn't do like team sports at all. It was just myself and figure skating. And I used to wake up at like three, four o'clock in the morning to train, go to school. Like I was full-time student still. And I, I say that because uh, a lot of figure skaters who are at a higher level, they, they get homeschooled. So they can train all day. Mm. That's pretty much all they know. But my mom was like, nah, you, if you want to skate, like you have to do it at this time because you're still going to school, mm. which I love her for. But you, she didn't say it like that. She said, Anak, you're not going to homeschool. You're going to go to real school. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like I still needed, you know, to get my good grades yeah. if I wanted to do this sport. And she also made it a point like, I'm not waking you up. You have to wake yourself up. So I was the one getting up, making my own breakfast, super young age. And I actually used to make my mom coffee so she could drive me to practice. That was like 20, 30 minutes away from where we lived. And I did that for a long time. And now waking up in the morning, I'm like, how did I do that? (laughs) I was so motivated. I just wanted to like, that was like my life and even in what's it called like middle school I was like how I when I look back at it like where where did that even come from I don't I cannot tell you Mm. I did that kind of through my sophomore year in high school I got injured I was devastated and I my routine was wake up three or four o'clock in the morning train for two, three hours, go to school for however long that is. I literally, if we had homework in that class, like whatever period it was, I was already starting it in that period because I knew when I got home, I either had practice again um, or training or had to go to sleep right away. Cause I, my, since I woke up at three or four o'clock in the morning, my bedtime was like, Oh and no. Like, <laughs> oh no. Yes. So I literally, that was my life. Like I, I love going to school also, 
because that's the time I can actually spend time with my friends. Right. Because I'm going to sleep at six. So, that's intense. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's why a lot of girls who are highly competitive get homeschooled because mm. they don't have time to do that stuff. Which I also think that's why they're kind of weird. I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> they're not socialized. Um, so yeah. And then I got injured in high school. I fractured my ankle that's like on my landing leg. Um, didn't know it was fractured. I had like this weird sensation in my leg for a long time. And it like would go away when I was warm. Like when I warmed up and stuff, it would go away. When I got like rest, when I was resting and stuff, it would come back. So I was like, eh. It's going to go away eventually. And then one day I couldn't stand, like, at all. I could not put any weight into that leg. I was I was crying, and then my mom was yelling at me. Because my mom will never let me. My mom was always up front with me. Figure skating is a very expensive sport. And we didn't really, my parents, you know, immigrated here. We didn't come from money. My dad was in the military. That's how we, they got here. And she's like, everything that I do, it's like, you have to put, how do I say this? She was very upfront that like, figure skating is a, a um, luxury. Mm. And the moment I got injured, she was pissed. Because of all the time that I've put in, the practices and early mornings and my mom made my dresses like she literally put every single rhinestone on my dresses by hand like on her lunchtime and the moment I was like seriously injured she's like you gotta be kidding me like are you you're joking you literally thought I was joking and I was like no (laughs) I really cannot stand and it was like a competition day I can like remember it like so vividly. It's giving, it's ma- making me super emotional too. Cause like I'm, oh, I love figure skating. No, I, I understand. I, I love, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, um, so my, my birthday's in February. So I'm always like when the winter Olympics come on, I used to uh-huh. love figure skating. I remember I used to watch like Katarina Vid, Sergey Bonali, all of them. Oh. Yeah, I used to watch that all the time, and, and I just would never understand. I remember, like, the announcers, they were like, okay, so they do a triple Lutz or a triple axle, and then they uh, they miss it. Like, oh, my, oh, my, there's going to be a big deduction. And you're just like, man, they're not going to win in real time. And I would always think about that, just like what you were saying before, like the deep sacrifice that they take just to get to that point, and then for mm-hmm. them to have to perform in front of the whole world was, like, incredible. Who was your favorite uh, figure skater back in the day? Michelle Kwan. Michelle I feel Kwan. like that that is uh he's the greatest. He is the most decorative like figure skater ever. He has so much like like great work ethic and she's kinda like I met her, she's an idol to me when I was younger. Mm. And just she you can tell she skated like with her heart. Like you can just feel her like I don't know how to describe it. Like you just feel her aura, I guess. Like it's insane. No, I get it. I get and, it. Yeah. <laughs> but like going back to like my mom, like she, 
actually was like a hustler herself like you know growing up in the Philippines like she's the only one out of her family to go to school and things like that and I feel like she instilled that in me and like in, with figure skating being a very expensive sport like I was one of those kids and like the outside the grocery store the parking lot like trying to sell chocolate to help fund my skating like that's how much like I love the sport and I feel like now that's like translating into flag football I don't know how but it has <laughs> um yeah and, and I totally believe that but um you know getting to that point of I want to go back to just the figure skating thing when you realized that there was a finality of saying like you know, I, I dedicated all this time to the sport. Um, I still went to school. I woke up. I made my mom coffee so she could drive me to work. And then it just, it just kind of just stopped. Um, where were mm-hmm. you mentally? And like, when, when were you like accepting of it? Because I'm sure that when it happened, like you were too young to really comprehend and, and just like really soak that in and say like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to take it. I'm going to either take a break or, or completely stop and be okay with that. When was that like acceptance or that that you weren't going to be able to do that and continue. Never. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's it's still kind of like haunts me mm. because it's like I I'm not even gonna lie, like I was really good. I believe it. I can send you some videos later. But I, like, you know what? I, I was looking. I saw a video. I was like, "Is that you?" Or like, "What is going on here?" And they were like, "Well, that is you." Wow. Yes. <laughs> From transitioning from being competitive figure skater, I actually started coaching. So it wasn't like figure skating just completely was blocked out of my life. Like I was still around it. There was still like heartbreak because like I couldn't compete like I used to. And but then coaching kind of helped fill that void Mm -hmm. and like helping little girls. And it was just fun. Like, seeing kind of full circle of like where I came from and then helping other little girls kind of, you know, progress through what they wanted to do. And then I kind of started helping with like shows. Like we did a holiday show every single year. So that was fun. Like it's starting to be fun again. Not, not that like competing wasn't fun, right? but it was less stress. Got you. Yeah. That makes sense. There was never like a time where you wanted to pivot to like lacrosse, uh, basketball, softball, nothing like that. I've honestly always wanted to play basketball. <laughs> I figure you don't because Filipinos like are obsessed with basketball. Oh man, yeah. I used to play with my my. I have an older brother, so I used to just try to play him all the time, and he's obsessed with basketball. So of course he is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, like I wanted to try it for my high school when I was younger and then my mom was like no like figure skating if this is what you want like you're not your focus can't be split like if you want to be a good figure skater Mm -hmm. this is what you're doing and you have to train all year for it like you can't and like I wanted to do track also because I'm pretty speedy Mm -hmm. but my mom was like no just figure skating like I stopped dance, I stopped other stuff that I used to do, and it was just all bigger skating. Interesting. Which I mean, should be great. You know, you have to focus. Yeah, yeah, I but, agree. Um, so for me, basketball has always been like my thing. Always, 
It's always been there for me. Same thing with, uh, you know, the way you feel about figure skating. Um, but I was never focused. I definitely didn't wake up three o'clock and shoot jump shots or make my mom coffee or anything like that. I just was trying to be like, you know, cool, just maybe hopefully do well in a game. Maybe a girl will notice me in the stands. And I never really had the right, the right motivation to like really work hard. And I think also in my era, it wasn't like a thing where it's like, oh, if you take 500 jump shots, you can get a division one scholarship. I wasn't even thinking like that. I was just like trying to be the biggest show off that you can in the time. So, you know, I think out here, flag football is such a hidden gem because the people that do know about it are really, really into it. And I'll never forget one time I'm playing like I'm in fourth grade and my friend just got a Nerf football and they're all like, let's play tackle. And I was always like the shortest kid. I was always the smallest kid. And I would be so nervous of getting tackled. So I remember one day we were like, oh, let's play touch. I remember the feeling of saying like, oh, I can I can play this game. Right. I'm not going to get hurt. So once um, flag football got became a thing um, when I was a little bit older, um, I fell in love with the sport because it it really took a lot of the elements that basketball has because basketball is like super skill heavy. But I think even in flag football, if you just have like a semblance of being athletic, you can be really effective. And then imagine getting better and better over time by learning how to run routes, learning how to do schemes, learning how to um, do different techniques that can make you successful in flag football. What planted the mm-hmm. seed for you? How, do, how were you introduced to the game of flag football? So going back to high school, actually, that it wasn't, you know, a high school sport yet for girls. And I'm so, I don't know, like, it's so crazy to see that it's starting to be right now. But anyway, so we did the powder puff thing. And it actually just came back my senior year in high school. So it's seniors versus juniors. And the, the football players were our coaches or they were like our cheerleaders or whatever. And then the girls got to play flag football. And it was like seven on seven contact. And I just like, I don't know, like I felt like natural. Like it felt like I was like supposed to be there kind of thing. And so, of course, we won, seniors won that year. And I think it's, it's still going on in my high school now. I mean, before COVID, I let, at least. And that was kind of my first taste. And it wasn't till like a couple years later while I was in college, I went up with uh, the guy I was dating at the time. He was playing in a flag football tournament in Cal Poly Pomona. And it was actually called Barcada Sports Fest. So it basically was a Filipino tournament. There was actually a rule in the and in the tournament that says like you have to have it was seven on seven contact you have to have at least five players on the field be filipino (laughs) so this was my other like next thing of flag football i didn't know there was a completely other world of it so i saw him play and i saw that there was a women's division had no idea and these girls were balling out and I'm like <laughs> oh my god like I want to be a part of this I I want to know how I can like make this happen and at the time there wasn't anyone in San Diego doing five football for women girls or whatever and uh, this is probably back 2012 I think 2011 2012 mm-hmm. and um so I was like you know what I want to start my own team and next year, we're going to come to this tournament. And that's, it kind of just snowballed from there. Uh, I, I started out with, like, 
my group of girls that I knew. And then it was like the girlfriends of the guys team that we were friends with. And it's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The rest is history. Interesting. Pretty much. And um, that was the only tournament I knew about at that time. So for maybe two, three years, like when it came close to that tournament, it was like the beginning of the year usually. Um, I would like round up a group of girls that like, okay, you want, are you interested in playing flag? Have you, you know, do you like football? And it wasn't like anyone in San Diego kind of knew about it. So I was kind of posting it on Facebook and I was like, hey, is anyone interested in playing flag football, women's like tournament, blah, blah, blah. Like, like I started meeting people that like eventually came like one of my best friends. Like a lot of the girls now that I'm very close to came from starting this flag football team. So lots of great memories. And then fast forward to this sounds terrible. The next guy I was dating. I don't think that sounds terrible. That's that's the normal beats of a 20-year-old, you know? Yeah. That's what you do in your 20s. It's all good. He was, like, coincidentally into flag football as well. Like, I was already playing flag football prior to meeting him. And then he introduced me into another, like, style of flag football and other tournaments because he was going... So I've only been to L.A. County for tournaments. Now he's introducing me to all the Vegas tournaments. And that was like a big thing that we were doing. And from there, I started meeting other women who were also passionate about the sport. And then it it introduced me to SFWCT, like nationals and world. I'm like, holy crap. They're like the whole nation like freaking plays this, this sport. So... Yeah, it just started out real small. I didn't really think anything of it. And then here we are now. (laughs) Yeah, listen, it it catches fire very quick. I want to go back to like that first team that you were trying to field. Like once you saw what Uh was happening and you were like, oh, okay, like we can, I'm I'm coming back here and I'm going to bring my people. But you didn't really have people. Mm -hmm. You were just like trying to find people. You you were now what went what went through like the convincing stage of saying like, oh, I, I just like, what do you say to somebody that may have played basketball in high school and you, you could see that they're athletic. You just don't know. Because I, I often find that a, a lot of people that when, at least when I ref, sometimes they'll have a mm-hmm. fill in and they'll go like, where is he from? Oh, like, Oh, he played basketball at the university of Miami. And those are normally the, mm-hmm. the good athletes, the ones that are like trainable, mm-hmm. coachable, and they learn in mm-hmm. real time. But what was that conversation like with all of the, uh, the, the young ladies that you were trying to get to play with you? Um, I think, it was just so new that everyone was like, Oh, I want to try it out. Like I've like a couple of the girls that I started out with, some of them were basketball players previously, um, volleyball players, myself, figure skating, which has like, doesn't, I guess if we do spin moves, I guess doesn't really translate well over to fly football, Mm -hmm. but, um, and then it's just like, different girls who just love sports and I was like hey there's this flag football tournament and it's like women's tournament division 
are you interested or do you like football and a lot of it's like do you like football um and a lot of it was also girls who used to be in that high level competitiveness and like wasn't really doing anything anymore like this is just like another avenue to go back to being competitive and you know being active again and it was like an outlet pretty Mm. much Mm. for that now now i know Um, that flag football reignited the competitive spirit that you had from figure skating figure skating is different in a sense of like it's more individual based so you're trying to like best yourself personally Mm -hmm. right you're you're trying to get a better score obviously you're competing Mm -hmm. against people but you're not necessarily going head to head with them in real time was that a big adjustment too just having a team, having a camaraderie of a team as opposed to what it's like in figure skating? Yes. <laughs> because in figure skating, all I have to do is worry about myself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, make sure I'm on myself, like self-motivating. Like I need to do this training because I need to have endurance for X amount of time to perform my routine. And then with five football, um, it, it, it grew my communication skills. So I realized, like, the teams that do very well in tournaments have been together and have gone through growing pains and, you know, some maybe some inside drama, whatever, but it helped them grow. And with that, like, they are great communicators. And I learned that you have to be receptive as well as, you know, being able to call your teammate out. Mm. You also have to be receptive to that information. So basically, I had to learn to help build like a cohesive team where we can all be friends uh, off the field. So when it's time to be on the field, like we know we have the same goal, the same mentality, the same you know, like we just, we want to win. We'd rather do that together and like figure everything out. And then, you know, if we leave everything on the field, you know, we'll, we'll still be friends outside of the field. Mm. Now, if, um, if, if I may, how do you think somebody would describe you as a, a flag football player? Like, tell me what the attributes are. What positions do you play? <laughs> what do you, what do you think you're best at in, in the game? So I normally play um, linebacker or rusher. Right now I'm starting to get more into like playing corner. I would say people would say I'm a very aggressive player. (laughs) (laughs) When you were asking that question, I laughed because everyone is like, oh, you got a penalty, not surprised. Like, (laughs) I think we just had a co-ed tournament this last Sunday here, like a local one. I personally felt like I was going for the other player's flag, but he ended up on the floor and hitting his head. Wow. I mean, I got hit too. Like, he pretty much fell on my face, but I was the only one standing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No penalty, by the way. But, like, one of my friends was, like, looked over. She's like, yeah, I saw you, like, knock over a guy. And I was, like, not surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean to. I just, you know, just don't want to let it, you know, a flag slip. You know, if I could get a TBU or interception, I 
go after the ball. But yeah, <laughs> people would describe me as a very aggressive player. Mm. Now, um, with with flag football, there's different variations. There's like seven on seven. There's five on five. There's eight man mm-hmm. with a lineman. What are mm-hmm. your favorite? What's your favorite uh, variation of flag football? And what do you think is um, what do you think are the biggest differences of them? Like at least in terms of adjustment of how you have to play. So I started out in contact sevens contact, and that is probably different from what a lot of people play. It's basically eights with eight contact without one person. That was my favorite for a long time. And being an aggressive player, like I could do that. Um, and linebacker is like my favorite position to play. So in eighth, like I can go for the run. I could go for a sack. Like I can stay in coverage. Like it was very like a versatile position. So playing that in eighth was like my favorite translating that to like the non-contact formats like five non-contact I grew to love it because that forced me to do more skill versus like you know being super physical and like stopping somebody's route with my strength Mm -hmm. versus you know my speed and agility so I think right now I've grown to to like five non-contact better but I like both but I've had to you know adjust my style of playing because I am more of a physical player and in I've traveled to like other countries to play flag football and they do not play when it comes to contact like you can just accidentally you know bump shoulders with somebody trying to pull their fly they're like oh penalty like you almost literally have to just reach for the flag versus wrapping up which is like you know the best way to to pull flags but yeah so I think five man I've grown to love five man non-contact because it's forcing me to go back you know, do the field drills and work on my agility, work on my change of direction and things like that. And it's, it's fun for me because now I, it, I get to go back and train. And I think it brings me back to figure skating because it's, you know, I have to make sure I'm good on my own skills to make sure that I'm not the, the weak person on the field because Especially in, I feel like in five man non contact, the defense um, on that is is in a true zone because there's less people on the field. It becomes like zone man. Right. So whoever you you know are closest to, you start attacking after like two three seconds. And if you're like a step behind, you know, like you're gonna screw it up for everybody else kind of thing so I it makes me make sure that I'm on top of my my fitness and my skills and agility and things like that so yeah Yeah. so when it comes to flag football I I primarily Mm -hmm. referee five man so I do five man on contact they've always been trying Mm -hmm. to get me to do eight but I just I don't like to smoke everyone is like so turned up and I'm like that's I want to have an enjoyable (laughs) time I don't want to be like 
you know, fight and stopping fights. So it, you I know, I can imagine with guys, it's terrible. Women's eighth, I don't feel like it gets like that. Uh, it gets so chippy, and I'm I just tell them like this is why I don't do this. This is why I don't. I'd rather do five man. It's it's like vacation compared to to that. But um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I did want to ask um this whole time, like especially like figure skating, when you have those judges <laughs> that are just giving you deductions and they're they're grading <laughs> you off a card. And then just, mm-hmm. you know, referees that you've been around the circuit that have been refing your games in flag football. What has your perception oh, been of man. officials this whole time as you've been playing these sports? Figure skating doesn't compare. It's, it's it's pretty straightforward. You know, if you land a jump, you land a jump. If you fall, you fall and you get deducted. And there's no, you know, escaping that. And I feel like with refereeing like sports in general, right? Like you also see in basketball or soccer or whatever, like someone swaps and like is a really great actor. They can just like pull a penalty, you know? My issue with ref is it's not consistent. Mm. And I, I don't feel that there has been a, a league here in, in San Diego or a tournament where everything is just consistent across the board, whether it's like the five seconds to throw the ball or like or seven or what's it called? How far the rusher is. Is is it really seven yards? Like everything's like not consistent. Mm -hmm. And I mean, sometimes some of the calls can be very subjective holding or PIs and it's like one can be very blatant and one can just be like a like a little tug on the jersey and someone's calling it and we're like well you didn't even call the other um, (laughs) holding that was like blatant and you call this like little like touch like or um holding I'm like what in the world like can we have clear definitions? Yeah. Like, you know, which is for the WFFN National League, the the owner, founder, Norman Carter, he is making it a point to test every ref of the rules before actually refing a game. And I don't I don't know if that's been done anywhere. Like you have to test and pass hundred percent to ref his games. And they're doing that with the coaches as well, um, that are gonna be a part of the league. So I'm I'm excited to see how that's gonna go. That's awesome. That that's really yeah. good to hear. I, you know, I'll say just from a referee perspective, I'm a women's college basketball official and I do all a bunch of other sports, but you know, I feel like flag football is like the stepchild because it's like some they don't really play in high school and it's not like so over here in the league that I'm in, you know, it's referees that it's like the third sport or the fourth sport. And there's not like a real educational piece of like trying to develop as a referee. For me, I just have been able to be really good because I ref other sports where there is a professional line of succession where you mm-hmm. have a path to go, <clears throat> you know, ref in the college level. But in flag football, it doesn't have that. But, you know, having said that, mm-hmm. do you think you would ever officiate yourself? Yes. You would? I definitely would. And actually, it's funny you say that because in we played in Germany 
in 2019. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the best grand tournaments I've ever been to, just ever. Every single field is run by the same clock. Every single snap of the game is like snapped at the same time and five men on contact. So every game ends at the same time. Every halftime is the same. Everything's the same. And then with the refs, there's one official ref with like the white hat and then two people from your team have to ref in the opposite sex to game. So myself and a few others, we took turns in wrestling like a men's game. And like when they explained to us what they wanted, you know, things like that. And I was like, wow, like this is like so nice because it made, it forces you to know the rules. Right. And, you know, actually watch everything that's going on. And Mm. like, you can, you can see also from that perspective, like why it's hard on rest. Yeah like a lot of things are going on so like you know like missed calls and things like that like yeah I didn't see it because I was you know looking at where the ball is or you know that wasn't my part of the field that I'm supposed to be focusing on so in Germany you get to kind of experience that and it's such a different atmosphere I don't know if we could do that here in the States because everyone you know gets super riled up but like right, right. in germany it was very like oh this is what we do all the time so it would be really cool you know if we could get to that point but i don't know <laughs> if everyone's mature enough to take you know a call or penalty from like another player mm. um but yeah that's here I'm, i was actually starting to train to be a ref in one of the men's leagues that's going on I wouldn't, I don't think I would, it'd be a good idea for me to rest the women's league that I'm in. Yeah, 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 obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I'm actually training to be a ref. That's awesome. For that, like that's a good to know. League. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I don't know if you know, I'm like the director of that, I'm the national director of USFTL for referees, so... Eventually, oh, when absolutely. it becomes like, you know, um, I get things in California, then I would love for you to officiate or play or whatever you want to do. I, you, you're just a great oh, flag football mm-hmm. ambassador. So we'll definitely stay in touch on oh, that yeah. end. Um, the other question yeah. I wanted to ask with um, just the co-ed part of it. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. a volleyball coach and we do a lot of co-ed <laughs> scrimmages, which is like it's a good competitive balance. I'll say softball, too. That's another good sport where you can play co-ed. Basketball doesn't mm-hmm. really translate well, but I'm interested to hear your experience of, of co-ed flag football. Is it is it competitively even? Is it something that you enjoy, or do you rather just do a, an all-female game? Is that something that you prefer? I love co-ed. I love playing women's and co-ed. Um, I think it's definitely different in the rules that we play, like the, the national rules where women's touchdowns are nine points. And if they, if you went for one and a woman scores the extra point, it's two, two points. So if you went for two and a woman, you know, scores, it's three points. So it's a, it's an interesting game because it is, it's very circled or centered around the women you have on your co-ed team, especially on offense. So a lot of the teams that I've played with utilizes, you know, their women players a lot. A lot of teams that I've played against probably have very great 
men athletes on their team. So it almost like it sometimes feels like they kind of hide their women on a co-ed team, which I don't know why, because there's so much incentive for women to make the, you know, the touchdowns and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's a different strategy because you can definitely run up the points with having, you know, great girls on offense. And I like playing defense with the guys because it makes me, you know, adjust more because the teams that I played with, we don't just, you know, man the women. Like it's not women versus women. We actually try to play our true zone man in for five non-contact. The guys trust us enough to be able to do that, which is great. And I'm, I feel like I'm just lucky enough to have a team with guys who want to help the girls on the team, you know, learn the sport more, like see it in their perspective. And then it translates over to our women's team. So... I like playing in both. You're making me want to play. No, I just want to riff. I don't know if I want to play, but it's, <laughs> it sounds awesome. I, I, I really, I'm really going to tap into you because I want to like create this infrastructure in New York. But after everything you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as a flag football player? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, just keep playing. I, I didn't get to be on the women's SSN USA team because of like some crazy great team I was on. I went because I just like, I wanted to play. I hopped on a team at the time and the, the director of the women's SSN USA team just saw me play one day at one of his tournaments and contacted me. So I feel like, you know, you never know who's watching. And now I travel with them internationally um, to tournaments. So actually next week we're going to Panama to play. So that will be my first international trip since COVID. But yeah, like if you love it, just keep playing. And I like competing more and more. Um, it actually has motivated me to continue to work hard on my fitness and my endurance and things like that. And overall, it just helps me also be a better, you know, person in my career, like for physical therapy, like I'm trying to, you know, teach what I do and I can set an example for that as well. And, oh, man, like, a lot of the things that I've done now wouldn't have happened with without just playing. And the women that you play against and, like, you know, you, you play against them on the field. But, like, for example, the quarterback for she unit, Jonah Shao, I met her playing against her. And she reached out to me. She's. Honestly, you should touch base with her, too. She's a great person to have in your network. I'd love to. Yeah. She reached out to me and put me on a team uh, that needed girls. And from there, that's where I met the director for the women's FFN. So she, 
I give her so much credit for like where I am now because she's probably the biggest networking person that knows everyone. And I'm just like, you know, this kind of started because of you. Like I, I played so much more flag football because she brought me out. Mm. Meeting different people and starting to like travel for tournaments. You only get better if you play against, you know, the best. I don't think you realize how much of a pioneer you are with flag football and all the women that you play with and, and just everybody in the network, because you know, I, I do think that there's going to be one day where, you know, you're going to say, you know, that girl was, uh, she was a division one receiver at San Diego state university. You know what I mean? I think that's really going to happen one day. And oh, I you, hope so. I really hope so. Um, but, um, going back to you, what do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go? And ultimately, where do you want to go as a flag football player? Oh man. You know, the the biggest thing right now for at least women's flag football, I think, is to, the goal is to make it to the Olympic Games. Like, right now, it's um, flag football is part of the World Games, but they, they are planning or hoping for it to be a part of the Olympics as well. So, there, I mean, if you haven't already started following women's flag football, there are some crazy ballers out there and they are part of the national team right now i think that their world games are gonna is gonna be in spain this year mm-hmm. so it would be amazing to be a part of that but i know i just have to work even harder to do that because those girls are just crazy talented but further than that like after flag football i i want to help continue grow flag football here especially for the little girls. Like right now I'm coaching second, third graders and they are just, they're amazing. Like they, they, I don't think they understand the gravity of how like, this is so awesome that they're getting to do this because I didn't have this when I was their age. You know, it it was only a boy sport. My mom still can't understand how her figure skater turned into a five football player. <laughs> her little princess. Oh man, just like watching it. Like today, I coached uh, the little girls, and just like like seeing them like score a touchdown. I'm like this is so cool. Like it is so amazing, and I hope it continues to grow to be a high school sport here collegiate sport like right now it's already a collegiate sport in florida i believe yeah right kansas I, that i don't know i know florida for sure there's a couple of states that now have uh, flag football as part of their college sport for women but we're so behind because literally in mexico they they breed flag football players it is pretty much their second sport after soccer, or if not bigger, because they have scholarships already for, for high school and college just to be a flag football player. Wow. And I, I only found that out um, when I traveled there to play in Mexico. And it's literally every single age, hundreds of teams, boys and girls, men and women, like it's probably the biggest flag football tournament I've been to. It was in Texcoco, Mexico. And that's just all they do. They, like, eat, breathe, live, like, flag football. And it's basically, like, 
is Huja soccer. And I think that's part of the reason why they're pushing for flag football to be a part of the Olympic Games because we we played it in Mexico, we played it in Germany, we're going to Panama next week. Like it's already huge internationally. Even in oh sorry, I'm like I feel like I'm ranting, but like even in Panama, they have their eight man flag football on TV. Like it's their sport, so. The state is behind. Like, United yeah. States is behind. So I just hope it continues to grow, which it is. Like, I feel like it's grown so much in the last two years, even with COVID. Like, I think it's going to be huge. Yeah, listen, it's, it's going to take people like me and you to just continue to, like, move the needle and try to push it as much as we can. Because it's such a beautiful sport, you know. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny when you were saying, oh, they played in Mexico. I was thinking, like, is it, it did you, like, drive to Tijuana and, like, was trying to party and then found out that they were playing flag football. I was like, oh, okay. So when you no, when you said it was somewhere else, I was like, okay. Is it? It's in Mexico City. Yeah. Um, it, it's probably their biggest tournament. I'm sure there's more, but like, literally everybody was there, and it's and it's so crazy because like if you go to you know like your normal league whatever, you you have your significant other on the mm-hmm. sideline, you know, rooting for you. If that, you know, whatever. And in Mexico, the whole, like, let's say it was seven men. Yeah, it was seven non-contact. It was an interesting format, but <laughs> it was seven. And literally the whole, like, perimeter of the field is, like, people standing, like, on the line. And then, like, and then some. Like, it was deep. Like, I, you just had to be there to, like, see it. Like, it was a huge crowd. Like, people that don't even play flag football are there, like, just to watch. And it's, it's, it's yeah. such a crazy atmosphere over there, too. 100%. And I'll also say that, like, it, it, anytime somebody watches flag football and they don't, like, really understand what's going on, they, they treat it like a circus novelty until they, they really watch it. And they're like, wow, this is, like, really competitive. This is, like, really cool. I want to get involved. Like, happens without mm-hmm. fail, especially if anybody – is, you know, like was a, a former basketball player and they, they were a pro and they went overseas and then they're trying to get their athletic fix. Normally they turn to mm-hmm. flag football and they end up extending their career because it's it's a lot easier on their knees and, you know, just athletically. Mm-hmm. But um, if you can pinpoint one moment, you know, I know your most stickiest situation with figure skating was what, what is the most stickiest situation that you've ever had as a flag football player? Uh, sticky as in how? <sighs> Let's see, getting injured, maybe um, beef with your teammates, beef with another team, <laughs> miss the flight. Oh, man. I've had some crazy, like, ankle injuries from flag football. From, it's mostly from rushing, just, like, not breaking down and just trying to go for the flag and not being disciplined enough to break down. Those are, like, the worst ankle sprains yeah <laughs> I, and people are like why why are your ankles so weak blah, blah. like i feel like since i was figure skating for so long my my skate my feet are in leather boots for hours of a day every day of my life when i was younger and it basically is an ankle brace on my my ankles like i don't move them or anything like it's very like secure in my figure skating boot so like going into like wearing cleats 
and I can move freely and everything like that. It was very, I, I roll my ankles very easily. So I realized very fast that I, I really need to keep maintaining my ankle strength. Mm. Oh, there's, there's some bad. I have someone that's like on video of me spraining my ankle and it was not pretty. You 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 have you have multiple videos of you spraining your ankle? No, I have I have one. Video. Oh, okay. I was like, you have the greatest hits over here. <laughs> no, 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 no. And then as far as like uh, team drama, I mean, I feel like a lot of teams kind of go through some growing pains, especially with like people. How do I, how would I phrase this? <laughs> um, syner- uh, synergy is off. Um, they feel like they need to get the ball more, things like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I got you. But it, you always have to, with that stuff, I always feel like you always have to go back to what is the goal? Like, what is our ultimate goal? Like, yeah. is your goal to get more staff or is your goal to win this game? Because you can't just win black football with like a single, you know, I mean, I guess you could if that person was super beast but yeah like flag football is predominantly a very team sport and if you're not cohesive and if you're like an, a me 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 player it's not gonna it's not gonna end well yeah listen that's why i love refing because sometimes when i see this type of like internal strife i go like you guys need to get it to, you guys aren't even getting along i'll try to tell them like you mm-hmm. guys aren't going to be friends at the end of this is like that is that important or do you want to steer the ship and then you know, more often than not, sometimes they'll have a bad apple on their team and they'll just replace it with somebody. And then you could see their culture. But I mean, you could probably agree with me with this. Like um, when a flag football team starts and they're like super athletic, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be able to just know the beats of the game because there's so many nuances that you have to know. Like to me, there's always like a, a four, four or five season grace period for them to be good. Because I always tell these kids like sometimes they'll have like their high school football team and they'll go like, oh, yeah, it was all Long Island. I'm like, this is not the same sport. This is not the same sport mm-hmm. at all. So would oh, you no. you would agree with that, right? I would 100% agree with that. If you have more experience and experience with your team at that, like that is so much more deadly than a freak athlete. Like being in position, knowing where your, your teammate is and like trusting them. Trust is huge, especially on defense, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would take, cohesiveness and experience with the same team you know over a period of time versus like some freak athlete anytime yeah i agree now um other question i had for you as we're wrapping up um if you could pinpoint one moment what do you think is your best moment thus far as a uh, flag football player i don't think it's happened yet (laughs) um but I mean, one of my favorite memories is uh, our championship uh, game in Germany. I felt like as nice as the people were there, I don't think they were rooting for USA to win. And we beat like a a team from London. And yeah, that, that team is very... I feel like almost unique where a lot of us are from different places, Mm. but we come together to play. And sometimes we, we've never played with each other. We've usually played against each other. So going to Germany and doing that and then winning the ship was like pretty, 
I feel like pretty special and like we definitely made a lot of mistakes but I think because a lot of us had pretty much similar mentality where you know like this is about the team and this is we're representing a also a bigger thing where like we're also trying to have flag football more noticed in the states because it's already huge internationally so like winning that was like a huge deal for like you know you know this is what flag football can be also that that tournament I got to play with some of the best receivers and DBs that I've ever played with now I play against them but it's it's great now because now I can you know we play against each other but we could go grab a drink later and it's I don't know just building relationships from tournaments and competing against different women and just different teams in general like all the people you meet, I feel like that's one of my favorite things from playing fly football. Mm. Yeah, it's it's really important to have that network because, like I said, everything is like so piecemeal around the country, mm-hmm. and it seems mm-hmm. like it's a lot more unified in different countries. But we we got to get that. We we have to bring it together so we can, you know, grow this sport as fast as possible to the maximum capacity that we could possibly do. But you know, my final question to you is: flag football means so much to you in your life. You, as you mentioned earlier in the beginning. This is your outlet. Um, it's brought you to, to Panama. Um, it's brought you to Germany. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. brought you to so many different places. You've met so many uh, wonderful people that you consider your best friends. It's even gotten you on this podcast. Um, I wanted to ask you, <laughs> yeah. what do you, what does flag fo- football mean to you? What do you think it's given to you in your life? I feel like you said it all. Like, <laughs> already. <laughs> Definitely my outlet. I get to just, you know, just relieve stress. Like, all I have to do is think about the game. Um, I love, you know, working on defensive schemes and, like, it's, it's like, I feel like it's a puzzle that I need to solve. So it's a lot of also critical thinking and strategy. And, you know, I get to meet some of the like greatest people and especially like women who love sports too. Like why wouldn't you be my best friend? Like we we're passionate and we love the same thing. And uh, it's like you said, like it's brought me to places that I've never been before. Like I was never in Germany before. I've never been to Panama before I played flag. Like it's giving me a reason to travel and like be in new places and, just like everything <laughs> and then it all like at, also the base of it like it keeps me active it keeps me like on the competitive nature that I love and that I've I've known since I was a young girl and then now full circle helping coach it and bringing that into somebody's life and teaching other people about teamwork and and the love for the sport I mean, you already said it. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, yeah, it's listen. Everything. Keep that energy. <laughs> Keep that energy because we're, we're going to need people like you to uh, to really huh. grow this sport. So tomorrow's Sunday, and mm-hmm. I am going to be refing a flag football game. I'm doing a five-man tournament. I haven't refed in like two months because <laughs> I guess the winter happened, and then in February it like snowed like three times. So we, we were supposed to have a Super mm-hmm. Bowl tournament, but I, I, there was like – 
a foot of snow that day, so it wasn't happening. But you have anything flight mm-hmm. football related for tomorrow? Yes. So tomorrow I have a flag football league game. It's actually the one of the first women's um, women's leagues that are playing with like national base rules versus like you know something local that they made up. So have a couple of games tomorrow, and yeah. All right, keep it going. Definitely keep it going. I, mm-hmm. I really thank you, uh, and I thank you for all your contributions that you have for flag football. Um, you have so much to give. We should definitely keep the conversation going so we could figure out something. Maybe you'll come in New York and you'll you'll play in a tournament. That'd be that'd be awesome out here. Um, yeah, I, there's a tournament, a women's tournament coming up in New York. I think it's a, a tough league one. Yeah, you going? No. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta try to get it's you on the team. March, yeah, um, but I know you said that you're trying to start, you know, a women's uh, league or some, yep. something going on with for women. There, there are a lot of girls out there that play. Maybe you just haven't met them yet, but yeah. I'll, I'll try to connect you with some of them. Yeah, hundred percent. So They're listen, awesome. I thank you. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? Look out for the WFSN National League that's going to be happening. It should be starting in May. I'm on Bay Area Fire. Uh, a lot of the girls that are on National League teams are trying to fundraise for it because. You know, everything isn't sponsored yet, but we're hoping the goal is, you know, like this is going to be the first season, but the ultimate goal is, you know, to be paid for what doing what you love. Yeah. So, yeah, check that out. Bay Area Fire, WFSN. That'd be awesome. <laughs> all right. All right. For Brittany Turian, this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Rant. We are signing out. Peace.